I'll bring a sweater back. Yeah. Butterscotch shenanigans. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 14 of Coffee with Butterscotch. My oh, name- yeah. My name is Sam. <laughs> I'm Seth. I'm Adam. And we are Butterscotch Shenanigans. We're a three-brother indie game studio from St. Louis. We make sweet stuff, and the next game we have is Crashlands, which if you're not familiar with it, you should go enjoy the trailer at Crashlands.net. Um, yes, you should. And speaking of that, we are actually going to be having a pretty Crashlands-heavy episode this week. Some heavy Crashlands petting. It's going to get heavy. We'll go down. Yeah. So uh, prepare yourself. But before we dig into all of the questions that are very much Crashlands related, uh, we're actually going to touch on a few a few life updates. And I think Let's first, do it. And foremost, uh, Seth has been on what we call the gain train. I've been on a quest for gains. Wait, who calls it the gain train? Well, I just called it that <laughs> just now. The, uh, fair enough. I'm going to start it, calling it that. The quest for gains is what we <laughs> decided to do before I went into uh, the previous transplant so that I could lose 20 pounds without really... Actually losing 20 pounds? Yeah, exactly. I had a buffer. Yeah. It was a break-even sort um, of a scenario. Seth has continued his quest for gains. I've carried on riding the gain train to gain town. And, and he didn't get a transplant, so he hasn't lost the gains exactly. either. That's right. So his biceps are now the size of a small child. Even, <laughs> even a large child. Probably a 10-year-old. Yeah, so the, the whole reason for this is I have a really, like probably many of our listeners and just people in general, I have a really hard time being motivated to exercise because exercise is super boring and dumb. And yep. it's especially dumb and boring if you run on a treadmill or something because you haven't even, not going you haven't anywhere. even gone anywhere. You know my favorite part of that? Yeah. Is when that you get when... off and you and you walk, try to walk, but it feels like you're floating. <laughs> well, that, that <laughs> happens. But also when when people are watching Food Network shows oh, while yeah. they're treadmilling. Yeah, yeah. The, worst is when the worst is when there's a bank of TVs or something in the gym and you can't control the stations but then every now and then they'll be like here's a commercial for pizza mmm drippy cheese look at the crust the crust is full of more pizzas but I will say real quick it's the, probably counterproductive the fastest I ever ran on a treadmill was when I was they happened to be showing the transporter oh, on yeah. one of the TVs and yeah. it was like a seven minute action sequence mm, and they I should just sprinting they should just show the Fast and the Furious 7 they should all day long all the time yeah. I actually what I, what I try to do is as I try to watch action movies and action like TV shows it's a super good idea while I'm exercising the problem though is that then I get carried away so I'll end up exercising really intensely and then for you blow your legs a off. while <laughs> Well, no, the bigger problem is that then I end up sort of watching the whole thing, which is, you know, which is fine. But then I start to run out of stuff really quickly. That's, Mm. you know, action packed enough and not also really dumb. Mm. That's a problem. Is there a TV show that's basically just a thousand 20 minute episodes of people being punched in the head or something? I feel like there's that movie. Because that would be a great motivator. That movie that was uh, a Muay Thai uh, martial arts it was called like, the Defender, where somebody comes and steals the guy's elephants and, and he tracks just, it down. That's it. He literally. There's one scene that's like six. How minutes do you long. steal someone's elephants? Apparently, I, <laughs> I don't. I mean, like, because no. I, I know there's like cattle rustling, it requires right? some... which is already pretty hard because cows are huge. 
How do you steal an, an elephant? Maybe you should watch the defender. Yeah, I'm, listen, I'm not sure of the facts here, but the point is that there's a there's like a five or six minute scene where you know henchmen are just streaming at this guy and he's just breaking their joints. Are they coming in single file? Because that's how henchmen yeah basically operate. And and then afterward he's like while he's walking over them to go find his elephants and there's just this pile of like sixty dudes broken on the ground just <laughs> screaming. I feel like if you're dude number say fifty two, are you really Really gonna go in there? Like, are you like, gonna be like, I'm? It's this is my this, this is, me. is my time this is my to moment. shine. I'm they gonna be the do. one. Although sometimes, in, you know, I mean, so every once in a while, for sort of comedic effect, they'll have like the final guy who will then just run away or something instead. But it's fu- it's weird that that's that's done as a comedic thing instead of just like that's well, how what's like what a, should stand. That's how everybody yeah. should have done that. But uh, yeah, so so anyway, so the whole reason that I'm going on this quest for gains is exactly that motivation problem because I find that if I don't have a goal like something to work toward then it feels pointless like i can run on the treadmill it's like okay i ran on the treadmill then what right but Nothing. if you choose something pointless to work toward exactly then suddenly then there's you a hide point, the which, pointlessness of the task exactly so so my my object so every time i i do a lift every week i do the same set of workouts and i record uh how much weight i was able to do at each different you know, each different exercise. And then I throw all that into a spreadsheet so I can calculate sort of percentages and stuff. Um, so yeah, so my, my biceps are almost 100% more powerful than they were when I started. And there are some other muscles too, but those are the ones that matter is the <laughs> biceps. Does it, does that work like, uh, like interest rates, you know, for banks? And I was going like, to say, what, if we could, invest, will they get explosive it does, growth? Yeah, it does compound. If we could uh, invest in Seth's game train, we, yeah, you'd, we you'd have some it. good, you have some good growth, but yeah. So, so I've also noticed that some, some weeks there are huge improvements in some spots and other, and other times there's, there's losses in other spots mm. and there's, it's, there's kind of this interesting random, uh, spikes up and down that happen. Well, but, probably it has, it has at least partly to do with the fact that you're, you're now on the extreme end, meaning that you, not only are you trying to build yourself to be bigger, but you have to maintain that. Because it'll just go away if you if you let it. No way, man. You just you just have to eat a lot more animals. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a direct proportion thing. So 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 you're saying once you have muscles, as long as you then continue to eat animals to gain their strength. Yeah, to gain their Seth strength. Actually, yeah, he's, he's being, <laughs> okay. He's being fueled by the souls. Uh, of I've, thousands I've also because I practice witch doctoring, mm-hmm. so I consume the souls of animals and yeah. and gain their strengths. So, uh, nice. so that's that's what I've been up to. Yeah. <laughs> we out. also uh, we had a family reunion this weekend, which was yeah. which was fun. Went up to Iowa. Well, Seth had a, had two reunions. Three, three. Re- we basically three. three. Yeah. So Sunday was one side of the family. Saturday was the other side, and then Seth had a high school high school reunion. reunion Ten on year Friday. Yeah. So Seth, all of us are pretty tired yesterday. Um, and all weekend, and all of last week. I also before that, I went to visit my in laws for a few days. We've it's, been, it's been family blitzkrieg. Yeah. Yes, we're very Turbo excited to the max. Very excited to settle yeah. settle back into the the welcome work bosom of Crashlands. Mm. Work bosom, mm. debt work bosom. That's right. Uh, and on that <laughs> note, we had we had an interview with uh, with a publication called Techly this morning. We'll put that article up uh, on probably either tomorrow or on Thursday. Uh, Techly. And that was really what is fun. Techly? Techly is a, a basically it's kind of like a tech crunch for the Midwest. Uh, tech, what's what's tech crunch? It's a a, is that techly for the non-Midwest, yeah. I guess? Is it yeah, about startups and yeah, small... Yeah, so startups, tech, uh, 
and uh, you know, startup so, culture. So stuff. what's cool about this is they interviewed us uh, before we released Towel Fight 2. So they interviewed the first us. first one ever. Yeah, so that was one of our first interviews we ever had, and that was within the first couple months of making our studio. So uh, they thought it'd be kind of cool to do a follow-up to see how things have progressed and maybe how our viewpoints have changed on the industry and stuff like that. So it was pretty fun. It was a good interview. Yeah. Uh, but without further ado, let's let's continue our interview huh? with all of you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we had a, we've got a ton of questions to burn through, and almost all of them are crashlands related nowadays, um, which is understandable because that's the thing, the thing on the horizon. So mm-hmm. um, we are close. We can't tell you guys how close, but we are close to being. Um, Wait, can't or won't? Won't. Hmm? Okay. Um, we're maybe both. <laughs> a little bit of both. We are close to beta. We'll just put it that way. Yeah. Um, so with that with with that in mind, let's clear up some confusion, some ideas. Were you trying to again skip right over the ado? I mean, yeah, we're yeah. not we're not going to have the ado. I had a whole time. poem devoted to the ado. This you time. almost skipped it twice in one episode. <laughs> but without further ado, impressive. Adam, even for saying, "Oh my God, there it is again." Ado. <laughs> uh, let's start with a question by I guess first let's, let's hit a, the cra- the first crash lens question of the day, which is uh, by Bragg Birch sixty six. Bragg. Birch. Braga Birch 66. That's a type is, of tree. It is. It's a tree that won't stop telling you about how great it is. Yeah. And it lives on Route 66. <laughs> uh, Bragg Birch 66 asks, how did you first think about the story, art, etc. of No, that is not etc. That is ect. It is ect. He did misspell the abbreviation for etc. So minus two points for that. Well, that's <laughs> that's Burge. only if he didn't actually mean ect. Oh yeah, we didn't think about which the is ect, possible actually. ectoplasm, yeah. which I believe is what it's short for. Probably, yeah. yeah. I don't think so. I guess the answer to that very specific part of the question is that we didn't really have ect in mind before we started Crashlands. Before now, ever, actually. obviously, no. I mean, currently, ect is all we think about. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the last twenty percent of development is the ect. Part. Yeah, that's the eighty twenty rules. Yeah. The eighty uh, percent of the time is spent on twenty percent of the ect. ect. Of the act, yeah. um, the art and the story stuff for crashes. I mean, the whole the whole thing. Came Wait, out I just of... want to say, Go ahead. what's with, Do it. what's say with it. the what's with the implication here the, that we thought about this? That's right. Yeah, that's I what feel... I'm trying to get at. I mean, <laughs> I feel like uh, there's a lot. It's a pretty presumptuous question. I feel like we've made it pretty clear that we've been flying by the seat of our pants for nearly three years. <laughs> Uh, yeah, most things yes. that most things that you'll see in Crashlands, you can you can confidently uh, guess that like a day before they were implemented, we had no idea they were going to be there. Yeah. But that also means though that a day before they were implemented, we thought about it. Mm, maybe. So most of the time, it was about twenty minutes before it was implemented. Yeah. So so what we did what we did with a lot of the items in the game is uh, basically I would say to Sam, hey, we need a thing that you pry off the ground with a trowel. And then Sam would be like, all right. And then he'd put that on his to-do list. And then by the time he got around to it, he would just randomly scribble some crap with a a pencil Mm -hmm. in Inkscape. And whatever it turned out to kind of look like, uh, he put some shadows on it, and then yep. we put we gave it a name, and then yep. it became a real thing. So the uh, the the way that things it's get, like Pinocchio, right? Yeah, it's a real boy. <laughs> the way that things get made is basically uh, someone says, "Hey, we need a thing," and then I take approximately, and then somebody else complains about it for a second, and then begrudgingly does it, right? <laughs> I spent about five minutes complaining, and then about fifteen minutes making it, and then five minutes getting slapped by me. Yeah, yep. There's lots of. <laughs> <laughs> 
He says biceps are. He's getting a little. little Bicep slap. Bicelaps. That's what um, I call I call them my bicelaps. <laughs> do you do that? Um, yeah, can, you, so, can you slap someone with. Like, if you flex hard enough, could you just slap someone sure. with a bicep? If the rock can flex off a cast. I, yeah, I mean, if you. Flex slap. If you have yeah. a big enough. If you have a big enough bicep and you flex it, then it would, you know, leap upward. With quite a lot of force, you could probably exit the Earth's gravitation. What if pull? there was a man, a superhero, who flew by flexing his biceps alternately? <laughs> <laughs> Seems reasonable. Isn't that just what birds do to fly? It's like I a, guess they flex their pecs. It's kind of like a jellyfish situation. Mm. Wait, how is that like a jellyfish? Because if you flex, then you're displacing air, and then you unflex. And if you do it fast enough, it may maybe it would pull you upward into the vacuum. Mm. Probably the vacuum. I'm a little concerned about the air. I believe that's called this, Bernoulli's but... principle. Bicepolis principle. Yeah. Bicepolis, yeah. <laughs> Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Someone should write a book on that. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. Olin Verne asks the question, you already talked about somewhere, I don't know where, but releasing books from your experience. What is the first book you would do, a precise subject or a global book? Mm. Well, we were talking this weekend about writing uh, a, a book about whatever, I don't care, I think is what the title was. Is that... uh, The Medium Book of Whatever. The Medium Book of it's Whatever. It's not going to be a big book, but it's got to be, it can't be a small book. So it's going to be a medium book. Just put whatever in it. I guess like novella length. It'll probably have a gray cover. Uh, yeah, it'll just say whatever. Just e- each page, you don't, you're not going to know what it's about. It's just whatever. There's just going to be just all kinds of crap in there. Uh... It'll be great. I think it'll be probably a New York Times mi- like medium seller. Yeah, that'll be a seller. Somewhere yeah. down the list, you'll find it. Uh, but as far as actual books, aside from that one, I'm actually working on a on an Inkscape pocket guide right mm. now. Ooh, is it going to be only available on iPads? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not. Don't starve, Adam. Oh, sorry. Uh, but it is called "Let's Build a Fucking Snowman" mm. after that song in Frozen, but taken to an adult level. And is it gonna? Are you gonna? Uh. Have, are you going to have uh, like in those drawing books when they're like, "Here's how you make an owl: make two circles and then just <laughs> right. finish the rest <laughs> of the fucking owl." <laughs> Um, Step two: Finish the fucking. Well, I was gonna album. put a bunch of I was gonna put a bunch of gifts and stuff in it, so it actually in shows a book? you. You can't put gifts in books. If it's a book on the internet, I can do whatever that's, I want. And I that's just a website. Well, yeah. Quit being technical, Adam. Adam's our web developer. Embed, he you just thinks he knows gifts and PDFs. Can't you? Probably not. Uh, no, PDFs are idiots. They don't learn how For to do real? anything. Okay, I'm about to yeah, rethink man. my strategy on this. <laughs> <laughs> It's too bad you've already finished it. You know, now you got to start over. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, from scratch. Yeah, and then another thing we'd like to do is a, a game design Bible. Or Bible. Bible. We'll put a little, little line above the E mm-hmm. so you know it's Bible. fancy. Bible. Bible. Yeah. Uh, probably some gold embossing around the cover. Mm-hmm. Leather bound. We haven't thought about yeah. the contents, uh, but the cover's going to be super rad. Yeah, as long as the cover is made out of animals that he knows. Yeah, and it's going to be heavy. Like, yeah. real thick paper uh, so that like even 50 pages would be like like 12 inches thick uh it's gonna yeah. be real it's gonna be a real nice book so if 50 pages yeah. were a foot in it's diameter. basically boards like each page, is, <laughs> each page is like a sheet of balsa wood or something that would be amazing uh, yeah um and we'll and we'll just hand carve all of the all of the words well yeah it's craft, yeah. Craft and sam shit. has a what yeah. you, a dremel yeah i got a dremel okay, so we're gonna we're, there's gonna be one copy of it it's gonna be made of wood and it's gonna each letter will be hand dremeled mm-hmm. um so it's kind of for a niche audience yeah 
in that of, of, of exactly one of person one person who likes to read. Books. So, wanna, so keep yeah, an eye wanna, out on that for that. We want to go back to the old ways of doing books, which was extremely <laughs> laboriously <laughs> and without yeah. any ability to actually disseminate them. I think yeah, that's what we're, yeah. That's that was the golden age of books. It really was. Like, you know, good old days. Library books copies. were special at that time. <laughs> but yeah, Game Dev Bible, uh, Inkscape Pocket Guide, and I don't know Adam. The medium book of whatever. It? The medium book of whatever. Uh, there's nothing that I, I mean, there were some books related to my dissertation that at some point I wanted to write, but then I was like, then I'll have to do a bunch of research again. <laughs> and then all these people will be like, you didn't cite this person in your thing. And I'll be like, shut I don't up care. I thought of it independently. Why should I have to? And then, and then I'll just end up never publishing it anyway. So, you know, yeah, I feel like that's, that's the benefit of writing a, uh, a game dev book is since even people who know what they're talking about really just don't know what they're talking about, including us, uh, we can just make we things can just up say anything and nobody yeah. nobody can can question it. Yeah. Well plus it's you know it's outside of there is no real like serious academia for for making games and so you don't have to worry about yeah making somebody say hey adam i'm an academician who Mm, does game development you're a are you do you teach i teach game design classes and i'm offended that you would say that there's no academic presence hey point me to the journals and textbooks just because i can't journal of game design just because i can't (laughs) point you at that doesn't mean it doesn't exist yeah it does Uh, i think it does doesn't it i think it does (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you can't find something, it doesn't exist. That's the rule of not. Yeah, that's the rule of the internet. I mean, that was actually how I treated my my thesis was that if I if there's a piece of information out there that I knew existed, but it was not retrievable because you could only get it in like hard copy format, or it was locked away in some academic center, and they wanted me to pay thirty dollars for it or whatever. Doesn't exist. And I would just be like, doesn't exist. I'll just that's something I get to come up with independently and not have to cite somebody for. That's so how science works. Yep. <laughs> All right. Next question. See big. Bigsby asks, since Crash Ends are going to be pay up front, ooh, payment models, this would be fun. Money. Since Crash Ends are going to be pay up front, uh, counter to a previous blog post on mobile, will you have any sort of demo or light version to entice new customers? Nope. I like how old old Bigsby there had to just throw in that that parentheses of the previous <laughs> blog post. Counter to a previous blog post. So the previous blog post that, that Bigsby here is mentioning is the one about the M the word. The M word. Mm-hmm. Which, for those who aren't familiar in mobile especially, is the, the word monetization. Oh, it's not the word mobile. Which is when you boil your players in a soup. Until money comes turn out. Turn them into thin sheets and pound them into dollar bills. Yep. Mm. It's, um, uh, it's not a very popular practice amongst the players, but it works really well for extracting cash for the companies that do yeah. it so the, we ri- did it the original idea was that Crashlands was going to use a recipe unlock system similar to something like Crossy Road or any of the other things where you get the game for free but then if you want to actually I don't know make a sweet ass blowpipe gadget then you would have to watch a 30 second video ad the game would be like yeah yo hey yeah. yo we know you want this blowpipe but you're gonna we're gonna need you to watch this thing about bleach real quick before you can get this blowpipe mm-hmm. and then we we actually had it in we had the that game. voice we had that voiceover in there too yeah we did yeah. and well it was terrible yeah it was probably the worst thing ever uh it just killed the whole experience well i mean and here's here's the the gist of the problem and this is this is the general problem of of uh of a demo or like a pay to unlock or whatever like we have in other games mm-hmm. which is that you can't just you can't give players a little bit of stuff and then ask them to pay later on for the rest of the stuff because wherever you draw that line they're gonna get pissed 
So this actually happened with the game, uh, I can't remember what it's called now. Mm. Someone's, something's Adventure just came out recently on iOS, and it's a God. little, it's a little Metroidvania sort of thing. Super cute, really well done. Um, I don't know about this. Is it just on iOS? Uh, yeah, it's on iOS, I think. I read it on, uh, or iOS and Android. I read it on Gamasutra, was his breakdown. Ah. And he did that, where the game was free to start with, and then you literally ran into a paywall. Ah, yeah, there's nothing that'll piss off a player more than a paywall. Yeah. And so everyone, everyone, the perception wasn't, oh, I got to try this, let me upgrade it now. It was, it you... was I got a thing for free, now I should get the rest of the thing right. for free. Yeah, so. well, because it, it, what it does is it diminishes the value of the thing after the paywall. Because kind of, if you, so if you think about it, if you draw the paywall, or, or if you're just cutting out kind of a slice of the game so that somebody could play most or the entirety of the game, but only have some content accessible or whatever. Yeah. Then, in any case, we're, so if you draw that line really close so that players only get a little bit of stuff for free then it's a shitty experience for them and they don't enjoy it right so you need to move that further out as you move that further out it continuously reduces the value of the rest of the game because now you're you have less and less and less content that the player actually is going to eventually so, pay for yeah so you're in a catch-22 the more enjoyable yeah. the demo is the less value per dollar they'll have for buying the full thing so what we've actually yeah. moved to is we'll be relying on let's players actually so we plan on uh providing either like it within we're just gonna, the we're just offshore it i believe that's called, offshore, offshore it. yeah so we're yeah. gonna off tube it we're gonna off tube it onto the youtubers because basically watching let's play is the is actually the best way to figure out if something is something you're gonna like right yeah. um because you get to see you get to see not only the game but you get to see someone else's genuine reaction to stuff which is usually very funny um and so we're we're gonna be doing that with crash ends and providing providing that information uh, as easily as possible to people uh, either within within the description text or something so that people can essentially get a get a taste of it before they they uh, pay for it um, well and another big reason not to offer a demo or a free game is that when somebody gets a game for free they don't think about it before they download it they don't they yeah, don't about this in the last yeah podcast they, are, they well. aren't gonna care they aren't gonna do the research they're gonna look at the screenshots and chances are most people who get it won't like it really because they won't yeah have well about and, it. and what we actually saw was that uh for i think flop rocket's probably the the case where this happened the worst with us so flop rocket is a free-to-play game you have access to everything except we have uh, a, a purchase that gives you a whole bunch of more content on top of the the free part of the game and almost all of our bad reviews are because people didn't like didn't that. want to pay for it yeah, yeah they, they wanted the rest of it to be for free because they already got some of it for free and so we have all these one-star reviews that are just like i shouldn't have to pay for this yeah we're we get called money grubbing uh you know blah 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 greedy yep. greedy is the term super greedy because we didn't give away everything for free yep <laughs> and then and, again, and to come back to the original question uh which is about a demo is it a demo does it say so if you have a, a, a light version or, or or a separate demo version that's only part of the game then basically you get all those same consequences of of a paywall or whatever else where the player gets to kind of start the experience, but they have no upfront motivation to really try out the game. Right. And so just like with everything else, uh, what, a, what a demo does is basically gives a, a player a very medium experience at best because they're not motivated to, to really try it. And because they're only getting a fraction of the content, they haven't decided to become invested in the game at that point. Yeah. So, so we're screw gonna, that. Yeah. We're going to avoid that. We will offshore it to YouTube tube to the tube send it into the tube um, so we'll, a lot of that will be available uh, on launch around around the time of launch I guess I'll just put it that way we got some plans for it, so it'll be fun yeah uh, Old Vern asks will the beta be both on mobile and PC or will you focus on the one platform how is this going to go Adam 
how is this going to go? We have we have ideas, and we're sort of we're we're kind of at the moment we're uh, kind of arguing amongst ourselves between a few, uh, and it's mostly because so Crashlands is a huge game. There's a lot of stuff to test. Uh, one option that that we're kind of moving away from would be just to do the entirety of the test at once, where we just basically pull in all platforms at once, put in a, a huge number of players, and ask them to go from start to finish. And that was the original plan. The problem with this is that if there are some really big bugs that break the game or require us to even redo some stuff or or add a new feature or something like that, uh, then now all of a sudden we have to basically stop this really big beta test and waste everyone's time. Boo! Which is bad for everybody. So we want to make sure that when we we have the full cross-platform test, the goal there is is to get a large number of people through it and and to, you know, find out where all the hardware issues are and the hardware requirements for the game. And so that means that the game has to be 100% complete at that point because... Any any features we add or even bugs we fix uh, have a high likelihood to add a new bug themselves. So so basically everything that we do to change the game to fix it itself has to be tested. We're basically going down an infinite cascading death well of bugs. That's right. Yeah. So, so, so we may no yeah. So we, so we may we may break up the test and have sort of a the, the the current thought of the plan is that we'll break up the test into two parts or or a few parts where uh, the first one will basically be to rush some really hardcore testers through the nearly complete but not quite complete game to on sort of PC. find on PC only to find all of the bugs and all of the game breaking stuff. So we, we call them our SEAL Team 6 of testers, right? So we just It's a strike we'll pair, team that will come in and just we'll parachute them in and they'll, you know, burn their way through the game as fast as possible trying to track down all the major issues. And then we'll dump the and, game into the ocean. Yeah, then we'll fix those, <laughs> dump the game in the ocean. And uh, and now I'm losing the metaphor. <laughs> Uh, it's, it works though. We're gonna lose a stealth copter in the process. What? Yeah, or something. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so so at some point the beta test will include all platforms because we need to. We have to we have to include all platforms uh, since a major part of the problem is what does it work on. Our goal won't be to try to make it work on everything. The goal will mostly be to to make it work on it modern on. things and to make it work on modern, modern meaning devices manufactured within the last few years. Right. Yeah. If you're on an like iPod two, two what are you doing? Do what okay. are you doing with your life? You probably upgrade. iPod uh, two came out in like 1938. I'm pretty sure I think that's fact. right. I think the Great yeah. Depression started because of the iPad <laughs> two. Yeah, like that's like that's true. And on that note. Uh, iOS 9 is currently in beta testing uh, for those of you who aren't aware of this fact. And we've already had people send in uh, bug reports for for Quadrupus and Floprocket, I think, saying that that those people are beta testing iOS 9 and that our games are completely broken. So on, that's, on, on that's the iOS weird. 9 beta, our, our suspicion is that even though iOS 9 is in beta, once it's actually released, which I think is in maybe September or something, yeah, uh, it will still be it will still make our games broken like iOS 8 did. Um, it will probably bad be not because... be as bad though because iOS 8 not only broke our games but deleted everyone's save progress <laughs> yeah, for every true. game they've ever had. Yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting one. But who, I don't know what they're doing with iOS 9. Maybe they're going to do it again and. Uh, uh, and this is, of course, very bad timing because we're trying to launch Crashlands basically at the same time that iOS 9 is coming out. Uh, so, I don't know yeah. what's going to happen with that. So the question is, do we delay the launch of Crashlands or do we have all of our other games be broken for a couple You know what would be the best thing is if we launch Crashlands and then the day after we launch it, iOS 9 comes out. And then Crashlands <laughs> then it, breaks. And then Crashlands uh, just crashes. And everyone's <laughs> like, well, it lived up to its name. Yep. 
Yeah. Worst case scenario, Worst case I guess. Scenario. Foreshadowing. We warned them. Uh, speaking of developer, or I guess uh, platform-based stuff and problems in general, uh, the character god asks, will you implement Google Play achievements into Crashlands? Um, no. No. Kind of touch- yeah, so this touches on on why we have the Scotch ID <laughs> system in the first place, which is that a lot of the platforms, they offer services like leaderboards, uh, their own cloud-saving stuff, their own achievement systems, whatever else, and uh, while we might play ball with them from time to time, we won't rely on them exclusively for this, because uh, if you think about those as sort of ad- added benefits that a developer could could offer to a player base um, when they're actually bound into the platform rather than into the games themselves then the person who actually gets the benefit from that is not the developer of the, the games platform. but the platform themselves because it makes yeah. the platform more essentially sticky it uh, inc- it makes their iron grip even tighter right so we want our iron grip to be tighter so yeah, right now we've got like a paper mache grip at best maybe a balsa wood grip but we got one maybe of those little wood. little springy squeeze things working that on we can the use. eagle talent yeah b-scotch id yeah, right? is our eagle b-scotch id is our stress ball yeah uh so the idea is that we can by by making it so it's actually in our hands and in the hands of our players rather than platform specific then it gives our players actually the freedom to move between whatever platforms they care about so if you're on steam you'll have all the data there if you're on google play you'll have all the data there and if you move between the two or go to ios or dump all of your all of your apple related products because you're fed up with whatever um you won't have to worry about you know losing your game center based stuff because yeah. it, it doesn't matter. And it's weird because it if we have exist. if we have cross platform saving where you can play the game on Steam, move your save to Google Play, uh, but then if you know your Steam achievements aren't going to carry over to, to Google Play game services, right? right. So uh, so there would be all kinds of weird stuff that would we would have to work in there and shoehorn it, and uh, it's better for us to just have Bscotch ID one centralized thing, so. right? And yeah. also, well, and, and is it important? point that that this whole cross-platforminess thing that we're shooting for is something that we're really we're hoping to make kind of a core not not every game we'll make will be able to do it because of control schemes and stuff but uh but the hope is that we can really do this for a lot of other games and and to date this whole point about the cross-platform nature of bscotch id versus game center or google play games uh, hasn't been that important to players because players either have android or ios but it's going to be different when we actually have games on pc because that could be you know mac linux or pc see and a huge number of people have both and we want people to be able to play on their desktop and move their save over to their mobile device uh which is just uh it's just it's a thing that people actually do and so that that will suddenly the the importance of that will suddenly become obvious it all makes sense crash lands yeah right so the the hope is that with using bscotch id we essentially move the seat of control and power from these platforms into our actual the hands of our actual users um which we which then we can move around that data to do and then we we have a iron grip yes with our eagle yeah. because then you're like what? i mean one thing that we could do is actually is is do both because we could have you know bscotch id and then also have game center everything else and so uh so using bscotch id doesn't doesn't preclude us from doing it right. it's just that all the problems associated with uh so already it's very hard to make cross-platform games because you have to make sure that they work everywhere we want to have all this crap you know this, the cross-platforminess uh but the bigger part is that anytime something breaks like when ios 8 or ios 9 comes out and breaks all of our games all of a sudden we have to stop whatever we're doing and go back and fix all of that so we want to minimize the number of things that just get to break that are outside of our control yeah so if all uh, so if all of a sudden steam was like by the way guys you know all that code you wrote 
to hook your game up to our Steam achievements. Well, we made some changes to some things, and you got it's broken. You got to fix it by this date. Uh, right. You got to u- update to our new API or something. Well, if we have our own API through Bscotch ID, then we don't. Have, that's just no longer a thing we have to worry about. Yeah, but there is. Yeah. I mean, with certain platforms, there's a huge benefit to actually using them. So I think like the Steam achievements, for example, is a, can generate a huge amount of organic traffic because those get you get alerted as to your your friends completing achievements and games and stuff. So um, and the the cards offer something that we don't actually offer ourselves. Uh, and there's yeah. lots. There's, there, Steam actually has a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, we we may actually do sense. Steam achievements. Yeah, I think I think we will. In addition to Bscotch ID, there's a pretty good chance we'll do that. And they'll likely have cross or be basically the same thing. Right? Yeah, so, they'll be the same as perks. Right. Yeah. It, it's just that the perk will also be unlockable in uh, in Steam. Right. Uh, for for which really only matters if if you want to. And, and a lot of it is you know everybody has their friends lists in the the platform they primarily use. So we all have our Steam friends and everything else. And and having to sort of re find all those friends in another network like Bscotch ID uh, can be a pain in the ass and so you know so we, we get that um We'll we'll try to make that a little bit. Yeah, we'll we'll play where it makes sense to play. Aspect, I guess is yeah. is the the answer to that. Yeah, for um, thing for things that add real value, then we'll we'll consider doing both. All right. So I think uh, the the next question is also from the Cactus God, which is what amount of Crashlands players uh, that buy the game would you be happy with? Which I assume you mean just what's the what's the volume of units that we're aiming for here? Oh, I thought he meant like of the people who buy the game, how many of them are we going to be happy about that they bought it? Probably <laughs> probably two thirds. Yeah, <laughs> two thirds. <laughs> yeah, that's probably about right. Um, yeah, I mean, or actually, probably more than that. Probably five, five, six. You know, there's always going to well, be a vocal minority of people who are always mad about things. Um, so I'm yeah, not going to be. Happy I mean, only one percent of people actually bother us. So probably. So basically, anybody who would send us hate mail. <laughs> well, no, anything but just a friendly hello. Yeah, we're or better. We're not going to be that happy about that. No. So support request, even for stuff that's legit, like a support request because the game is broken for real or whatever. I still don't want to hear that. <laughs> I mean, I know I need to. Yeah. But that ruins my day. I know. It's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think as far as actual volume though goes, though, uh, we're not really sure what to expect because we've never launched on Steam before. Yeah, well, um, and, and it's there There aren't any other real examples of, of somebody launching on Steam, iOS, and Android simultaneously. Right. So yeah. we're going to be, we'll be gunning for feature spots on all three platforms. I mean, I'll, I'll say, though, I'll... I'll put a number. I mean, I think if we if we sold like 500 million units, yeah, <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Um, I would be yes. I would it's be not happy. it's not to say that I'd be I'd be unhappy with less, you know, but I'd definitely be happy with a half right, a yeah. billion uh, sales. Right. <laughs> so well, I think we've, it's hard to. We've actually been running yeah. some numbers on uh, looking at Steam Spy to get an idea of where, given the genre, SteamSpy.com. Yeah, which is super cool. Given the genre we're in, uh, what 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 might we be able to sort of guess as a low and a high high range for this thing um and it seems i mean it seems like the crafting the crafting genre is very big right now so we're certainly going to be i think catching the catching the wave on that um it hasn't quite burned itself out yet so so we should be in, in a good time and with with as unique a thing a twist on the on the genre as crash is we're we're hoping to actually you know be able to live after this yeah well, yeah, I mean, yeah basically at what what the game really needs to do for us to consider it to be uh successful enough which is not the same as successful, but successfully enough that each of us can is... own our own albino alligator with a golden collar. Mm-hmm. No, that that would be successful. I'm just talking about successful enough. Yeah, that's what I'm just talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Okay, for me then, uh, successful enough would be that it could pay for the two and a half years of development time uh, within Beastcatch ID that Seth has spent without getting paid. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be nice. Yeah. And I then probably Sam has spent an alligator, probably. And that, that Sam has spent getting paid poorly. And then more recently, the past year that I've spent either not getting paid or getting paid poorly. <laughs> Uh, ideally it would basically make up for all of that uh all of that time that we spent trying to turn butterscotch shenanigans into the company that it is and then also give us a you know two to five year runway where we would continue to be able to pay ourselves reasonably uh and then keep developing games so that we don't have to worry about whether the next game we make is is going to bankrupt the company yeah so i think so to me that's the minimum uh acceptable success anything less than that and i would say that the then the launch of crashlands i would call not exactly a failure necessarily but something but less like less than was hoped not successful yeah. And I think I think like based on the amount of money, so so I did not get paid for the first two, what two years, two years yeah. of the studio existing, uh, which I think I think that probably comes out to about seven or eight hundred million dollars worth of uh, Easily, at yeah. least three albino worth of income that I that I gave up. So yeah, so Crashlands need to make about four or five times that math wise because uh, <laughs> there's interest as well. So yes. That's where I am. <laughs> I'm pretty sure those numbers check out. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to, with that question, we'll wrap it up with our hopes and dreams on the line with Crashlands launch coming up. Uh, next week, we'll I think be I'm going to name my alligator Chauncey. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe Jared. Jared. Jared the albino Will Chauncey, will he be able to double jump? Uh, yeah, but I'm going to probably forget to deactivate the the right-click mouse option, and then it's just it's only going to double jump half the time that you that you slap him. <laughs> we made a game once called Chauncey, for those who aren't familiar. We do have Chauncey a future question coming up about Chauncey, but we'll, we'll have to get that to that next week. We'll get that yeah. sometime. It's pretty far down the list, unless people vote it up. Mm, yeah. yeah. Do your worst. Call to action. Uh, so we'll, we'll be touching on another round of questions next Wednesday. Um, so go to podcast.bscotch.net. Let your questions be known and opine on other people's questions. By voting on them. By voting on them. And hop into the forums and join the conversation about this podcast. And we will see you next week.